0: I'm Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in the Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Story Built podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hi, thank you so much for joining. We are back in the PR series and we have... A little different guest today. She's actually not from the PR industry, so let me tell you a little bit about her. We have Angela De Cespedes, who is a litigation partner based out of the Miami office of Saul Ewing, a full service firm with 500 lawyers and 18 offices nationally. She's admitted. She is admitted, excuse me, in Florida and New York with 20 plus years of multi state and international experience in commercial litigation. Arbitration, complex tort, and related corporate IP real estate transactions and negotiations. She's a leader of her firm's litigation, sports and entertainment, esports, and video gaming practice groups. And her practice includes representing clients from professional sports leagues to federations, teams, stadiums and arenas, video game companies, and their related ventures applications and developers, entertainment industry clients, fintech, private equity, private membership clubs, social media and software companies, and apparel industry clients. She is the vice chair of the ABA's sports and entertainment section, prominent speaker, and noted author. And now we're getting into why she's here today on this show. She's often interviewed and regularly quoted by CNBC, Wall Street Journal, Daily Business Review, Bloomberg, LA Times, Law360, and Capitalist, among others. Also, she co-created and co-hosts a YouTube series on the subject of esports, video gaming, digital assets, and tech called Lawyers with Game, which just wrapped its third season. She is also very involved with utilizing social media, especially LinkedIn, to build community, establish new relationships that turn into clients and friendships and more. And we're going to get into all of that today. So thank you so much, Angela, for joining.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Christy. And as a matter of fact, we met because of of LinkedIn. So
0: <laughs> Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of good things that can happen there. So before we get into all the PR details, can you just share a little bit about um, about what you're really passionate about in life and kind of how that spilled over into areas that you focus on with work and then just, you know, other passions yeah. that you have in life as well?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I got into being a lawyer because I'm a big fan of fighting injustice and I've been doing this for over uh, 20 years. So I'm very passionate about that. Um, you know, I, I find that more and more uh, in, in, in the US, people are, are utilizing litigation, not so much as a shield, but as a sword and, and oftentimes mm-hmm. improperly. So there's nothing that gets me more excited about representing my clients when I can not only help them solve a problem, but also fight an injustice that's occurring uh, in their universe. Um, and this spills over, you know, I have I have children, uh, a daughter who's 13, uh, a son who's 10. I live with my boyfriend. We have four children all together. Uh, in addition to the children I mentioned, we have two teenage boys as well. So, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of kids running around at that critical stage in their life where I think, um, um, bullying and injustice comes mm-hmm. into play a lot. so i'm I'm very, very passionate about that. Um, and I'm also passionate about, um, you know, in addition to those things, lifting up uh, not only other women but but lawyers generally. Um, we have a tough job. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one ever warned us it was going to be this hard. <laughs> and and the more we can band together and lift each other up, uh, I think I think the better off we are. It's it's a, a subject which I'm ex- extremely passionate about. I have several uh, women, especially like yourself, that I've met through uh, contacts on social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, things of that nature. And um, you know, we support each other, um, you know, we clap for each other, uh, we're proud of each other, uh, we help each other. Uh, and really that's, that's, I think, fundamental and one of the, the benefits. I know a lot of people have some negative things to say about social media, but one of the great benefits of social media is your ability to do that, support others and have them uh, support you. Um, I think um, you know, women in particular, and, and I'm gonna overgeneralize here, Um, So hopefully nobody gets offended by by what I'm about to say. But, you know, it's a conversation I have often with my 13 year old daughter, Um, you know, women and men generally, I think, um, ignore, uh, you know, biological factors, things that have been ingrained in our in our heads, you know, for a long time. Um, And social media, in some respects, is a great equalizer of of those issues. You know, when you look at how long. We've been on this planet, for example, you know, in, in our current form. You know, depending on how you who you ask, it's probably about you know two hundred thousand years. But really, it's only been the last hundred years or so that we've been in this current modern state. And I think people tend to ignore uh, all the history. And I'm I'm a history major. I'm a huge fan of, of of looking at history and and hopefully not letting it repeat itself in some cases. And and when you look at the dynamic between between women and men, I think it's it's an important thing that people need to to pay attention to. Um, you know, historically speaking, uh, women were responsible for for the home; they were the primary in the home, in charge of maintaining that. You know, the children. You know, preparing food, and men were were hunters and gatherers, really for the most part, with with rare exception. And I understand this. And um, so when you look at networking in that context. And business relationships and business development in that context. It's extremely important for all of us, especially women, to be self-aware of where we came from and and where we're going. And, you know, there's nothing that makes me more angry than when women are being catty with one another, um, viewing each other as competition as opposed to, you know, holding each other up. Um, And I think a lot of that stems from, from our history, you know, the introduction of a new woman. Um, you know, someone who's younger, prettier, smarter uh, mm-hmm. into the home environment for all of that existence was was a threat that had immediately you had to, you had to immediately put down, or, or your position was in jeopardy. You know, men on the other hand, I think innately more so than women, understand the importance of banding together with other strong men, uh, younger, bigger, stronger, smarter, whatever the case may be, because it allowed them to go out and gather more and bring it back. You know, it, it allowed mm-hmm. them to hunt as a group uh, for a bigger animal um and i think all of that translates really into into corporate america in so many different facets my my 13 year old daughter is constantly amazed when we've got you know some drama going on, or we've got some issues with with relationships that that revolve around what I just mentioned, um, and I, I unfortunately can't tell her that it ever ends, but it's a good it's a good lesson I think for her to learn and for women to learn generally that we shouldn't view each other as competition. Um, we're well past that, uh, and we have to hold each other up and support each other um, and work together uh, to achieve our goals.
0: I love that. I love that, and. Um... So that that may go nicely into our next question, talking to a little bit about visibility. So visibility and prioritizing that in your legal career is not something brand new. It sounds like this has just kind of been the way that you have operated. Was there something early on that made you decide to prioritize that? And what did that look like?
1: You know, it's funny, I think you and I were talking before we we started filming that, you know, b- being an attorney, especially being an attorney at a large firm isn't as is easy for anyone, men, women, not, it doesn't matter what you are. Um, it, it's a hard job. Uh, and, and a lot of what we do relies on our ability to get clients to hire us, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to represent them. Um, You know, and and different attorneys go about it differently. Uh, Transactional folks go about it in one way, I find, and litigators like myself go about it in in a very different way. So early on in my career, and I've been doing this for for over 20 years now, um, early on in my career, uh, I had the good fortune of being at a firm that hired a business development coach. She's fantastic. Her name is Deb Knupp. And she came in and trained a bunch of us um, and sat with us over the course of a year, and and really made us become self aware of who we are, uh, what we're capable of, I think, like most uh, people who are professionals. I find uh, I'm a little bit of an introverted extrovert. You know, I can work a room like it's nobody's business. You know, I I love speaking to a crowd, but it's exhausting and it's extremely time consuming. Um, And she really helped me see that something that I could do to have more of a life balance um, and and actually, you know, be able to enjoy time, you know, out of work and not not constantly be, you know, have have work on the mind um, is is do, you know, you know, partake in activities where people were coming to me, uh, or I could get the biggest, you know, bang for my buck. So social media fit that platform perfectly. And I've always been a, a massive nerd, um, <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to technology, um, hung out a lot with, you know, the computer lab guys in, in college, and um, I, I've always been fascinated by the concept of social media, the algorithms um, that they utilize, um, you know, for placement and things of that nature. So so she made me see that I could really leverage my knowledge of that tech space um, and really use it for for marketing purposes. Um You know, at the time that this happened, I was a senior associate. I'd been practicing for about six or seven years and I was spending a lot of my free time attending meetings, on boards for various charities, uh, part of a lot of lawyer groups with a bunch of other lawyers. And there's nothing wrong with that. But really, it's a question of sitting down and really focusing on what's the best return on my investment? Where should I be spending the majority of my time? And really taking a hard look at the things that you were involved with and not just being involved because they look good on paper, being involved because it was going to help you develop business. It was going to help you form relationships, network and develop you know, um, client relationships and, and further those relationships along. So that's really, you know, where I started to see the value and, and really, you know, dig in uh, deep to, to social media and and networking in, in that way.
0: Okay. So would you say social media, I guess, what would you say in the, in the span of your career have been the visibility raising activities that you have focused on the most? Sounds like social media is definitely one of those.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Social media is one of those, and in particular, um, and I'll give you an example. And I'm going to put on my glasses here because sure. I'm turning 49 next month, and I'm kind of useless without them at this point in my life. <laughs> um, you know, I, I I took some notes when I was thinking about this, uh, and and LinkedIn for me, I think, has been the most tremendous platform uh, in this regard. And you know it, it it fits with my you know uh, plan for engagement. You know I think Instagram is also another great platform and appeals to a younger generation as well that doesn't I think yet understand the value of LinkedIn. But you know uh, utilizing LinkedIn properly and 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 that's I think the key fundamental word you, you know utilizing it properly. Um, And and just to give you some statistics that tend to really surprise people when they when they hear them. um, And then I'll get to to my point eventually. Um, You know, LinkedIn's been on the market, for example, for for 20 years. It was launched in, in 2003. They've got more than 900 million members. They're in 200 countries and regions, and it's available in 26 languages. Four out of five of the 900 million subscribers to LinkedIn have decision making authority of some kind um, you know, at their various, you know, companies, um, of those 900 million members on LinkedIn, 200 million reside in the U S and 69%, 70%, depending on, on what day we're looking at visit LinkedIn daily. And the average visit lasts about mm, seven minutes more or less. Okay. So as a country, the U S which is, you know, where we are, um, they clearly have the most members on LinkedIn. However, the Asia Pacific region also has, you know, 227 million members, North America, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, collectively has 220 million, you know, uh, EMEA, Europe, and the Middle East, and Africa, uh, 210 million, Latin America, 109 million members, and there are three new members that sign up every second. 68 million company profiles are updated monthly on that site, and 250 million profiles are checked or updated Um Monthly, so it's by far, in my opinion, the best lead generation platform globally, and mm-hmm. and not even close. I don't. I wouldn't even know what to say was next. Uh, the leading, you know, professional network. So, so what's my point? My point is um, that only around three million users ever share content on LinkedIn mm. on a weekly basis. Okay, so and I and I stink at math, so I went ahead and did this ahead of time. <laughs> I wouldn't get myself in trouble because I'm a litigator, and that's just par for the course. But when you think about that, okay, that only 3 million users share content daily, I'm sorry, on a weekly basis on LinkedIn, it means that only about 1% of LinkedIn's 260 million monthly users post content. That means that overall, only about 0.3% of LinkedIn's total membership posts content. And of those 3 million people who are using it properly, they're getting net 9 billion impressions. I mean, It is, it is unbelievable to me that more people don't post and more people don't use it to get, you know, their name out, brand recognition out, not only for yourself, but for your firm or for your business. Um, It's really, it's really just, you know, unbelievable to me. So you know, to answer your question, I have really focused on LinkedIn. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's a very easy once you have, you know, a post together to go ahead and share it as well on Instagram, you know, Facebook, you know, wherever your, your, your target demographic, your target clients are, and, and not only clients and, and potential tar- target demographic, but the people who, you know, your friends, who, you know, kind of probably have a hard time describing what you do. <laughs> so it makes it easier on them to refer work to you.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So it sounds like that, that came pretty naturally to you. Have you found that there are aspects of PR and growing your own brand that maybe were a little bit of a struggle that you had to overcome? And if so, what did that look like? I know this is an area that a lot of people can easily kind of clam up and, um, you know, what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I say this all the time, and my my thirteen year old daughter, who's who's you know, uh, you know, watches a lot of what I do, when I tell people that I'm shy. They're like, no, you're not. <laughs> you know, but but it's not a question of necessarily being shy. It's just, um, you know, I think I go back and forth between you know uh, needing some recovery time from the extroverted you know type activities that I'm engaged in as a litigator, you know, on mm-hmm. on, a, on a constant daily basis. So for me, um, one of the things I've struggled with was um, you know, after a full day of work, the last thing you want to do is go out and go to networking activities, you know, or, right. um, you know, I don't know, some people play golf for networking, you know, some people play tennis Some people, you know, paddleball or uh, whatever the case may be. Um, but you know, there are a limited amount of hours in the day and how can I best utilize that? Um, and I just find it's a great, it's a great source of interaction. I mean, I have, Um, friends you know and and some people can make fun of that terminology but I I think that's true I have friends that I've made just from being on social media just from being on on LinkedIn and and when I say friends a lot of times what I'm talking about is other women who are amazing and men as well uh, who I admire who I follow who I emulate uh, who I have as mentors um, or who utilize me as a mentor Um, And that is from supporting them and and liking each other's posts and sharing each other's posts Mm. on on LinkedIn. Uh, Most of those people, um, you know, that I categorize that way, you know, a lot of them I've never even been in the same room with you know, but I've gotten referrals from them. I've spoken to them on the phone. I've referred things to them. You know, it's pretty amazing. Um, and, and again, it capitalizes on, on using your time effectively. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I've really had to struggle with initially in my marketing efforts, using my time effectively. Um, if you're sitting on a, on a board, for example, and and there's, you know, 10 different law firms represented there, uh, you know, regardless of whether it's a charitable board or not, you know, there's only so much you're going to be able to do uh, to take a good piece of a good chunk of that business for yourself. Um, so I find I find that this is a much better, a much better vehicle to do that,
0: yeah, so it sounds like really, it's just kind of a discipline that you've just said, this matters. I know I'm tired. I know it's the end of the day, but this is something that matters. so I'm just going to.
1: Prioritize it. You have to take the time. You have to learn it. I think that we're well past the point where people can just ignore uh, these kinds of platforms as a marketing tool um, and as a business development tool.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good. I think uh, whether it's whether someone is working at a firm or just another company where they kind of feel like that's the job of my marketing team, my business development team, and they put it off, just kind of like what. What tip, maybe um, tough love <laughs> advice would you have for them?
1: It, but my, my advice is, you know, I, I if you are lucky enough to be, you know, in my profession, at least one of these lawyers who just sits in an office, isn't on social media, and you have people just randomly calling you up all the time, just handing you work, congratulations. <laughs> um, you know, I think that's probably, you know, a, a rarity. Uh, nowadays and it it does it happens in in certain specialties but but for the most part um, that's that's not really the the way that it works Um, and and you have to take and you have to take ownership and you have to take responsibility for your own marketing efforts um, if nothing else um, to protect the image you know that you're putting out there Um, you know it's interesting but I, I monitor, you know, especially on LinkedIn where you can, you know, how many views my posts are getting, what kind of engagement I'm getting. Obviously, monitoring the comments, um, you know, and 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 who's liking it and 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 what they're saying about it, what they're mes- messaging me, you know, about it. Um, and and yes, I post a lot about, you know, strictly work related, um, you know, things that are going on or or items in the news of, of legal significance. But I find interestingly enough. That when I get the most engagement, um, it's because I've I've personalized it somehow, and not inappropriately, mm-hmm. but I've made it personal to me. I've let people know, you know, who I am as a person, who I am as a lawyer, who we are as a firm, uh, and I find that those posts really d- go a long way. And I and and you know, the best analogy is, you know, I try cases, um, you know, I try cases to a jury. And I can't tell you how many times I've gotten commentary from juries after the fact or, and you can actually pick up on this, you know, as the trial is going on and the courts as well, by the way, the judges as well, when you're passionate about what you're saying, when, when you believe in what you're saying, um, when, when you're really, you know, when the client is not them and and us and the client is really a, we people, people pick up on that. Um, so, so. You know, I'll give you an example. I, I had a post recently where, um, you know, I'm good at a lot of things, Christy, but I'm not, you know, there are certain things that I I stink at, and one of them is dealing with cars, okay, <laughs> stereotypical, I know, but it, it it is what it is, okay, um, and I, and I was very, very busy, I had a million things going on, and, you know, I was getting this flashing light, you know, in the dashboard of, of my car that my tire pressure was, you know, very, very low, dangerously low, and I'm like, I can do this, I know how to do this, you know, my my father recently taught me how to do it again for the fifth time, probably, at <laughs> the ripe right old age of almost 49. And, and I wasted two hours going from gas station to gas station. And, and the problem was just getting worse. And finally, I said, I just need to call for help. So I called my boyfriend, he came, he met me, he filled up, you know, and, and, and the reason I posted it, and I, I try and really maintain a, a line, you know, uh, Facebook and Instagram is one thing. Um, LinkedIn, I think should be strictly professional for the most part. But the reason I actually shared that on LinkedIn was, it's important to know what you're good at. It's important to know what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more more than that, and I think especially as a woman, it's important to know and to ask for help when you need it. Um <laughs> and, and it's about delegating and it's about, you know, the fact that I wasted, you know, two, three hours, you know, trying to do something that that I shouldn't have. Um and my time would have been better spent elsewhere. I mean, the value of our time, especially nowadays. Um, with everything we've got going on, not only at work but outside of work with children and families and things of that nature. Um, it's really a question of of maintaining your sanity. But that post in particular, even though it wasn't technically, you know your your classic work-related post, Um, I, I got so much feedback and so much engagement from that and, and it makes people remember who you are. It makes people feel like they, they know you. Um, and I think that really, really is, is a tremendous boon for, for business development when you can, you know, achieve something like that and connect with people.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. A personalizing, and I think you're, you're absolutely right. You need to kind of know where your boundaries are because you're also going to, if you post about something, you're also inviting conversation about that by saying, okay, this is something I'm comfortable talking about. So if it isn't, that isn't something we want to post, but, but even within those boundaries, I think you're so right about, you can still personalize why things are important, why they matter to you. And, and that does, I think Mm -hmm. that will attract so many more people to that post and to take an interest in you personally. So I love that. I love that. Now, something else that you do that I think is really cool is your YouTube
1: series, which I really do not hear about lawyers doing. We just wrapped up our third season, you know, I think, thank you. Um, It's called lawyers with game, which I I love for a variety of different reasons. That name, I think it's just kind of cool. And lawyers are typically not so cool. So it's kind of nice, (laughs) you know, (laughs) to be able to pretend sometimes in front of the kids, uh, (laughs) so, you know we were you know we were really starting to develop uh, the idea for that that YouTube series um on lockdown. And mm-hmm. it was very difficult, as everyone knows, you know, to kind of interact and 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 you know reach out and and um, you know create something that was not only useful. Um, but interesting and timely, uh, and I and I think it was extremely timely uh, uh, when we did it and it still is and it allows us to really, I, I'm a big fan of of looking forward five years looking forward 10 years what's coming what's what around the horizon there's nothing more um, enjoyable and fun to me than when I get a call from a client and they say we've got this particular issue um it's kind of new it's kind of novel there's no law there's no precedent what do we do i'm like well i don't know but let's find out you know? <laughs> <laughs> um and and i'm lucky because being in that space in the sports space and and the gaming space and the tech space uh, really allows me, you know, to kind of delve in that wild west kind of territory where um the law is just constantly evolving and and changing um, sometimes on a daily basis. and and keeping up with that just makes, you know, for an exciting you know aspect of of what I do um, for a living. So you know it was funny because at the time we we went, you know for management and we said, we've you know, Darius said we've got this idea. And this is what we want to do and we want you guys to produce it professionally and it's it's all about you know video gaming and 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 the metaverse and and you know tech and and digital assets um you know and they kind of looked at us like we we're aliens um <laughs> you know and they said we we really don't understand necessarily what you're talking about for the most part but we understand that it's relevant it's important it's timely and sure why not let's try it and and i've got to tell Go you um it has been just such an extreme success for so many reasons Um, We've gotten to interview some of the most, you know, brilliant, uh, you know, guests on that show um, in all different spaces, whether it be sports, you know, video gaming, um, tech, you know, um, on the digital asset front um, in the crypto front. And it gives you exposure to people you would have normally never otherwise had exposure to, because you get to meet them, you get to talk to them, you get to prepare for the, you know, the, the, the interview with them and, and learn about them, learn about their history. It gives them a platform as well, which is, you know, mutually beneficial. Um, and it allows you to establish relationships. Not only that, but it's a tremendous, tremendous networking and business development tool. Yes. Um, you know, I, I like to give people the example, Roblox, um, you know, the, the, CEO of Roblox Asia um, is a client of mine, and we had the opportunity to interview him on on one of our episodes, and most people's children play Roblox. They have no idea what it is. is. Um, they, They pay for all of these things. They don't know. Their children are on it constantly. They have no idea what they're doing on there. They think it's just one video game. It's not. It's a whole platform where you can create um and and you know tens of millions of games on there that that people have developed themselves um and play and and there's marketing aspects there's ip licensing issues you know music sports it's all interrelated um you know advertising it's 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 it really is you know i think the epitome of, of what they talk about when they say metaverse And, you know, a long time, you know, friend of mine who happened to see the episode had the same intuition, which is legally, I'm not so interested in what she's talking about, but my kids play this and waste all my money on it all the time. (laughs) But I kind of (laughs) want to learn what it is and watched it. Um, And, you know, a couple of weeks later, they're sitting in a conference room, making a decision as to who to hire uh, to defend them in a litigation um, and, and, you know, there there, I am, you know, in consideration because I had been top of mind, um, you know, at the time because he had just viewed, you know, this Lawyers with Game episode out of curiosity. So that's one example of, mm-hmm. of many. Um, it's also really opened the eyes of, we have, you know, 500 lawyers more or less at our firm. Not all of them understand what the others do. Um, <laughs> and, and it's given us a platform to really share, you know, what we know, what we do, what we'd like to do with, with the other lawyers themselves and participate in cross-selling opportunities. Um, one of the last episodes that I released, Darius and I interviewed um, a gentleman who was instrumental in, 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 in the Donkey Kong game, um, mm, wow. so, you know, everyone played as, as children. And the reason that, you know, we came to him is it turned out, he was already a client of our firm, not for anything having to do with tech or video games. Mm-hmm. And one of the, you know, uh, partners at our firm was like, you know, I know you guys are into that whole video gaming thing. You know, one of my clients happens to be the guy and I, and you know, my face yes. drops and I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Oh, I you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. And it's, it's just a tremendous opportunity for so many um, different reasons. And, and I love it. And it's so much fun. And we've been able to involve a bunch of the lawyers at our firm in it and their clients. Um, and then we're always kind of planning ahead for the next season. Like I said, we just wrapped season three and it's, it's been just so much fun and so beneficial. And it's, it's really for marketing purposes and business development purposes been just a boon.
0: Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I don't hear about other lawyers doing that. And I just think that's so, so smart, because so that's another one of those platforms. I don't have the statistics in front of me, but kind of like what you read about LinkedIn. I mean, everybody is on there. It's such a great way to connect. They can see you, hear you, get to know you. Like, it's awesome. It's awesome that you're doing that. Um, And in that vein, as you said, you, know, you, you kind of like to look ahead five to 10 years. What do you see on the horizon with, on the PR front, on the visibility side that you're paying attention to that you think other people should be focusing on as well?
1: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with respect to the podcast and the YouTube series. I think people expect to see more of that. Um, it, it's not, you know, I think we're going to see more more of the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's, it's staggering to me and I don't remember the exact statistics of, of the age demographic that's on LinkedIn, for example. Um, it's it's mostly, it tends to be, you know, younger, under fifty. Um, but you know, it's, it's, I think needs to be, I think it needs to be, there needs to be more engagement, um, from people who I think were using the excuse of, I don't like social media, um, you know, I don't want to use it. I don't want to learn it. Uh, I, I have no interest in it. I don't need it. Why do I need it? Um, I, I think, I think everyone does. And I think, I think it's a great resource. Um, I think we're going to see more, more of the same. Um, I think things have changed, um, dramatically and I think, you know, several years ago when you wanted to learn about someone you went to their website their company's website you looked up their bio um, and, and I'm not saying it's not important to have a fantastic website. We have a great website. It's interactive. Um, you know, we just finished actually, you know, investing and redoing that. But I think more often than not, people will do a Google search, mm-hmm. um, They'll go to LinkedIn as, as their first stop to check you out. And that initial impression is incredibly important, because I've got yes. to tell you, if they're not initially impressed with your LinkedIn profile, if you don't have a LinkedIn profile, um, you know, if you're not on, you know, one of the other major social media sites, for example, like like Instagram, um, people are going to wonder why. And and it and nowadays it's it's an odd thing not to be on there. And I'm sorry, that's just the case. And especially when you're talking about young entrepreneurs, um, you know, young businesses. You know, the average age of of U.S. CEOs is just younger and younger and younger. Um, you know, and 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 spans demographics. Um, I think they expect to see that. It's your first impression to the world. Um, you know, I always, I always Google myself every once in a while, just to see what's out there, yeah. um, make sure that, you know, it's the kind of content that I want, you know, my potential clients and my current clients to see and in, in media and whatever the case may be when people mm-hmm. are looking me up. Um, and I think people really need to dig in and, and, you know, use it for the benefit that it is. And, and yes, there are, of course are negative aspects to it, but, Um, For the most part, I think if you handle it correctly and you learn about it, um, which is fairly easy to do, um, you know, uh, with various YouTube videos and the like, uh, I think it's a a tremendous tool and I think it's just going to become more so in all us. so.
0: Absolutely. And I'm glad you included media in that. I mean, definitely prospects are going to Google first and see what comes up as well as media. And so much of that is uh you know you get to help control a lot of that a lot of that with social media or youtube podcasting and cuz even media will see okay they're saying this person is an expert when i google them are they quoted in other places are they speaking in other places are they actually an expert or is this just something their marketing person says so i think it shows a lot of credibility when you are taking the time to get those out there that those are some of the intangible things that they may not tell you oh yeah I saw 25 links about how you speak about this or you've posted about this, but that does go into whether or not you get the responses and get the calls. So I'm I'm glad you included that.
1: Yeah, and unlike, and, and you know, the company websites, it actually allows them to see what action um, to think right. that's available, uh, which is priceless. It, mm-hmm.
0: It's priceless. Is there anything else that you feel like uh, we haven't covered maybe that you would want to leave listeners with on this?
1: Um, well- I, I, uh, you know, people ask me a lot, what are your tips? Um, you know, what are your tips for posting, you know, on social media specifically, because I'm a huge fan of it, um, you know, LinkedIn. Uh, and and the first thing I always say, and, and I, I love mentoring, especially, you know, young, young people who are looking to go to law school, people who are in law school. And one of my biggest things that I do before I talk to them is I go on and I check if they have a LinkedIn profile and what it looks like. Um, you know, and, and when I say to them, it's the modern equivalent of a Rolodex, they look at me like, you know, deer caught in headlines, he, you know, headlights, they don't even know what a Rolodex is, right. <laughs> so, but, but hopefully some of the people watching this will understand what I mean when I say that, um, you know, it, and, and when I see, uh, their profiles, you know, I, I, I help them walk through and explain to them the importance of getting them to the point where, where it looks professional. So one of my biggest tips is always, please use a professional picture. Um, <laughs> um yes. you know it's 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 your first it's your first impression um you know wh- when you post um i think most people don't realize this a lot of people will just post with text um or with you know some kind of you know image that only includes text um you know if you actually post with with images um, and pictures, your posts get a 98% higher um, you know, uh, comment rate compared to only text only posts. So, mm-hmm. so use pictures, use something descriptive that catches people's attention. Pay attention to the first couple words that you use in your post and make it eye catching and make it some, something that people are gonna wanna read more about because when you know, your posts are in your feed, really what you only see is, is the picture um, or whatever image you've used. And the first, you know, about 10 words or so, depending on, you know, that's all they see and, and you have to engage them so they want to click and, and read more. And most people don't pay uh, attention to that a lot. I think we already covered this, but, you know, one of the other things I see which drives me insane is that they don't keep it professional, um, you know, posting online, you know, know, know where you are. Okay. Um, and, and LinkedIn in particular, LinkedIn in particular is, is, is really a a professional network. So, you know, don't, don't post things that are inappropriate or not in any way, you know, business related. It's not the place that it annoys people. I find, um, it annoys me, um, (laughs) interactions should also be professional. I don't even want to get into some of the messages I've received sometimes on there. Um, to that same vein, by the way, don't be afraid to to unfollow people um, and block them when you need to. You should monitor the kinds of comments people are posting uh, to your posts, uh, the kind of interactions you're getting because that's that's again, that's your persona. That's mm-hmm. you know your brand it's it's who you are Um, and if there's people who don't respect that and and you know are going to post negative things or comment negatively or or comments in a way that some of your clients might might hate you need to be aware of that and 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 be on top of that but one of the most i think the most missed opportunity i see especially on linkedin is there there's there's your picture there's your name and then there's your title Okay, so when someone Googles you or when someone searches for you on LinkedIn, that's the first thing they're going to see. And most people um, that I see, at least in my profession, and I've seen it done in other professions as well. You know, it's the picture, the name and then lawyer. Uh, Picture name, you know, partner at a law firm, you know, picture name, CEO. Well, go in and edit that because LinkedIn actually Um, allows you to to write something there Mm -hmm. Um, and you can fit up to 220 characters Um, and I've got to tell you I I take an enormous amount of time and detail on my LinkedIn profile to make sure that I can fit as much content into those (laughs) 220 characters as possible and and it's important and and you know if people again you know, if if there's something boring there, something that really has, you know, no weight, no meaning, why are they going to want to look at at more? Um, So use that as an opportunity to market yourself and make sure that you pack as much information into that 220-character description, you know, as humanly possible. Um, Reporters have told me Mm -hmm. uh, that one of the reasons they reached out to me, for example, for an interview on a particular subject matter is because when they did a Google search or they searched on LinkedIn, they searched for keywords and those keywords came up in my 220-character title, you know, under my name, not just lawyer, not just litigator, not just partner, not just, you know, whatever C-level executive you happen to be, make it as descriptive as possible and alluring um, as possible. Um, So, you know, it's, it's again, the perfect place to incorporate keywords. And I think it's a big missed opportunity that a lot of people don't take advantage of.
0: Absolutely. I'm so glad you saw that because it is searchable. Those are searchable. And so knowing what are the keywords I want people to associate with me and my brand and making sure you include that when you can in that in that first thing that they see and then if they like that and they click on your about section it's
1: in there too you know and and something you have to really think about because you know it's something i really think about because people say what do you do and i you know depending on who it is and how tired i am i i I might (laughs) not a great response but but at the end of the day Think about who you are and what you do. Um, And for me, for example, yes, I'm a litigator. Yes, I'm a partner at a large law firm. But what I am really is someone who finds solutions to problems. (laughs) I'm a solutionist. You know, people call me, they have a problem, and I try and help them solve that problem so they can get back to doing what they really want to do, which is running their business. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't always entail and shouldn't always entail litigation. Um, you know, I, that's, that should, you know, in my opinion, always be somewhat of a last resort unless you're using it for strategic reasons, which, you know, depending on whether you're my client or not, I may or may not like that, but, um, you know, but it's, it's, it's extremely, it's extremely important and, and, and really give some time to thinking about, you know, what words you place there, because that's how you're holding yourself out to the world. Yes.
0: Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much, Angela, for coming on today and sharing your pearls of wisdom. And I hope everyone listening, we will definitely have your LinkedIn profile so they can connect with you. Were there any other links that you wanted to have us include in the show notes, or is that kind of the main main way that you want people to connect with you?
1: Yeah. I, I love when people connect with me on LinkedIn, um, you know, and, and I'm happy to provide that link and all of my other information is there. So everything about me can pretty much be found. Everything I want people to know can be found. <laughs> be found on LinkedIn.
0: Great. Well, thank you so much again. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you next time.
1: Thank you so much, Christy. Absolutely.
0: To succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust. To get those, you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode, and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? building your own show and audience takes years grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads build your seo and strengthen your brand to learn how my agency can help email me at hello at